You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for August 2nd, brought to you by DraftBeast.com and on it. We are here to talk WWE SmackDown Live, and we are joined by... Is it, is it No, it's not Rob. It's that other guy that outdrew Rob last week on the SmackDown podcast, Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Jeff, how Yay! you doing? I outdrew Rob. Eh, you know, training camp has started. I'm I'm been doing two days on these podcasts. Let's do this. This is the <laughs> real, real battle. It's not Raw versus SmackDown. To me, it's Rob versus Jeff. <laughs> it's and like alien. See, it's like alien versus predator. To see if I can pit your two egos against one another. It's a one-sided contest. He's the only one with ego. I am the most self-deprecating man in wrestling podcasting, perhaps. I will make the podcasting mega powers explode eventually. <laughs> it's who, who, else, who else will sing WWE women's themes on a whim? Not Rob. Not That's this true. guy. <laughs> he did steal my uh, marker board gimmick, though. Oh, did he? Yeah, he uh, did. I, I, I did not do that. I'm trying to find more interesting things to put in my background, such as... My, for some reason, growing number of pop Funkos that I have now. <laughs> I know a lot of people I know collect those. I don't collect them. I just get the ones that I find inter- characters I liked a lot. So if they make a version of it, I go, oh, I'll pick it up. So and you now collect I'm, No, 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 no. It's not for profit. It's for fun. Collectors do it for profit. They go, oh, will that one be rare? I'm going to pick that one up because it's a metallic blah, blah, blah. No, not me. I'm not spending more than 10 bucks on a single one of these damn things. Either way, we had SmackDown tonight. <laughs> we did. We had SmackDown tonight. Uh, kicked off the show with uh, Randy Orton, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan backstage. Shane has a TV screen, shows Randy Orton, RKOing Brock Lesnar out of nowhere. I have to say, if there were ever an RKO out of nowhere, that was on last night's Raw, Jeff. I agreed with your assessment about the camera work on that RKO yeah. from, from yesterday's podcast. I thought, I thought it was pretty darn good. And I thought this SmackDown show was a almost a hundred percent improvement on last week's. I thought this one flowed really well. did a lot of interesting things. Um, my only concern is the end, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Either way, 
Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan have a bunch of security and ask uh, Randy Orton if it, and Orton asks if it's necessary. Rather, Orton ends up leaving. Shane sends half of the the group behind him, tells the other half not to let Brock Lesnar into the building because he is not a SmackDown superstar. Ambrose goes to the ring, addresses the number one contender, Dolph Ziggler. We get the SmackDown or to address the number one contender, rather that being Dolph Ziggler. Now, we've, we've had a week to let this settle. How did you go into this episode of SmackDown thinking of Dolph Ziggler as the number one contender? Trepidatious. I was a bit nervous on how they were going to present him, and I was pleasantly surprised. This was Dolph Ziggler's best showing, I think, possibly, since he got past the I'm Dolph Ziggler phase when he was shaking hands backstage. This promo might have been the best of his career. This might be this might be Dolph Ziggler born again hardcore. This makes me optimistic compared to how I thought last week where I was going, well, are they going I actually thought for a moment, are they going to let him keep this number 1 spot? Oh, I did too. I yeah. and and we'll talk about that in a moment, but Ambrose really brought out the edge in Dolph Ziggler. He mm-hmm. said, "You're not what you say you are. You're not that good. I'm better than you. We are nothing alike." And this is why you are bad. And Ziggler was like, yeah, yeah, I'll show you, yada, yada. And did it in a much more entertaining way than, yeah, yeah, I'll show you, yada, yada. But it was the most, like I said, edge I've seen out of Dolph Ziggler in a very long time. Probably the most since his stuff with John Cena, maybe. It it was interesting because Ambrose almost healed on him a bit here. And I was expecting the opposite coming out. I thought Dolph may be a little bit more of the heel thing. But this was fiery, babyface, emotional, I want to win the fight, Dolph Ziggler, rather than I want to steal the show. And I love that they played that up. I love that they played up the historical aspect of it all with him in the Spirit Squad and Ambrose in the Shield and how their positions were much different uh, debuting in here. I have very few complaints about this entire segment. I thought Dolph was fantastic. This is the Dolph I've always wanted to see. Lights flashed on and off. Bray Wyatt showed up, laid out Ziggler with Sister Abigail. And Mm -hmm. what I thought followed was weird. Bray Wyatt, he doesn't seem like the type that would ever traditionally give a single shit about who is number one contender. He has never cared really about who is world champion. But he, he dared Ziggler to challenge him and put his number one contendership on the line which Ziggler later accepted. Now, I'll say, I thought this was going to be a Maven 2004 situation where Maven had earned that that championship match against Triple H. They offered him the spot in Evolution if he passed it up. And he said, no, he loses, then he turns heel anyway. I thought we were getting yeah. that. Um, what did you envision I did too. when I, this I th- happened? Yeah. When this happened, I thought, there it is. Vince has lost faith in Dolph being able to. It was just a transition thing to get back to Bray Wyatt and to build Bray Wyatt back up. I, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, you, but your analysis on the Bray character is correct. Bray Wyatt has always said he's an agent of chaos, and then we've never seen him actually bring the chaos. And he's never really cared about the title necessarily. So it is a little bit weird in that aspect. Um, but I did think immediately, yeah, Dolph's not going to SummerSlam. It's going to be Bray and uh, Dean. Well, before this show even aired, earlier this afternoon, 
Apparently, the WWE was so worried about us doing a post-show that they had to create their own post-show. We have competition in the form of WWE, Jeff Hawkins, and yeah. I, they're probably losing this battle. What do you Can think is the idea to, to institute this new post-show? We are not here to tow the company line. We are here to critically view SmackDown, praise it when it's necessary, critique it when it's also necessary, and also Sean Ross Sapp is much sexier than Renee Young. We will not tow the company line, nor will we fondle it with any other digits. So, uh... <laughs> I don't want to fondle anything about SmackDown. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all set there. I'm all set there. I can't. I have to find back where my notes are now. Oh, get it back. There you go. <laughs> indeed, number one contender, triple threat match: Kalisto, Baron Corbin, Apollo Cruz. I like that this match had some stakes. I like that they gave us a reason to want to care about this match, which is going to happen a lot more on SmackDown than it does on Raw, because if they add two championships, which we are about to talk about, Daniel Bryan announced they will be bringing in a women's championship and tag team championships. Doesn't know when, though. In a two-hour show, if you have tag team titles, women's titles, intercontinental title, WWE title, that's four championship programs over the course of two hours. That makes their programs a lot more meaningful, Jeff, at least in the grand scope of things as far as, I guess, per capita and the minutes in which they they, they are allotted. I don't mind titles. So my, my hesitancy over that isn't that because my favorite territory ever was Jim Crockett Promotions in the mid to late 80s when you had everybody had a belt there. But they had the depth on the roster, and they had the characters to carry that. I think bringing in belts too soon is a mistake until you build up these divisions where they warrant the championships. Otherwise, they're just going to be seen as second-rate titles, I think. I think you need to build the characters in the women's division. You need to build up this tag team division a little bit more and then introduce the belts rather than introducing the belts and then having a tournament and hoping that one catches up with the other. Let's take a look right now at SmackDown's tag teams because this is going to be bad. This is going to be real bad. Oh, we have American Alpha who debuted tonight. We, we will talk about that shortly. The VOD villains. Ugh. <laughs> who else? Uh, the Uso brothers. So, I mean, they're probably going to get a renewed push. They need something else. They need the, something different. The hype bros. The hype bros. I would one would imagine that when Luke Harper returns, he will be with Eric Rowan. That will be a giant shot in the arm for that division. Because well, I think I think an American Alpha Harper and Rowan program could be good. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but for now you may get Bray and Eric Rowan as a team. Mm-hmm. You also have Brizongo. Um, you also have the Ascension. You could have a couple of random teams here, like for example, given this program, I fully expect next week to be a tag team match between Bray and Rowan versus Ziggler and Ambrose as a main event. That's where I get hesitant over this program. But you could have a couple of those singles guys decide they're going to be a tag team, and you you might be able to find something here. You might be able to team up a Shelton Benjamin with someone. You might be able to team up a Rhino with someone. There are rumors rumors that MVP didn't pass his medicals, but I would have thought that a Shelton Benjamin MVP tag team would have been great, the angry Mm -hmm. old man tag team. Mm -hmm. 
the finish of the number one contender triple threat match comes when Kalisto is trying to do a a good lucha thing to Baron Corbin <laughs> and Cruz. Is that the, is that the te- is that the technical term? A good lucha thing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is a good lucha thing. And Cruz rolls up Kalisto for the win. Apollo Cruz, your new number one contender, has shown no hints of personality at all. What's this doing for you? Apollo Cruz, number one contender to The Miz, who does show his fair share of personality. The Miz has been pretty good over the past year or so. I think it gives Apollo Cruz the opportunity, though, to go up against a direct opposite. Now, what would kill him is if he does a Miz TV next week where he gets oh. interrupted the entire time. Until, you know, kind of how AJ Styles was week two, where Miz brings him out and then he doesn't let him talk at all and then eventually he gets kicked. That's not going to get him over here. What I did like was how the end of this match mirrored the beginning when Kalisto tried to steal a pin from Apollo by, by rolling him up, schoolboying him, and Apollo just kind of looks at him as, what are you doing? Oh yeah, it's a it's a triple threat. But then Apollo returns the favor in the end by schoolboying Kalisto and getting the win. I thought that was very very yeah. clever. It's going to be interesting to see what they do, or it might be not interesting at all to see what yeah. they do with Apollo Cruz. It's it's going to be feast or famine with with Apollo Cruz because here's where Apollo has to no longer be happy to be there, and he needs to step it up and fight for himself and fight for his character here. The next was one of the best goddamn things I've ever seen in wrestling history. <laughs> uh, pardon my French, guys, but that's the first time I've ever used that term on a podcast, but I think it was, it was necessary. We were supposed to get Eva Marie and Becky Lynch. My first thought was, uh-oh, Eva Marie, live match. Mm-hmm. This will be interesting one way or another. It sure was. Eva Marie faked a hamstring injury to get out of the match. I loved it, Jeff. Now, did you love them not paying off a Eva Marie attack on Becky Lynch that they actually sold the fake injury so she wouldn't have to wrestle at all. Kind of, I, 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 you know what? I like that touch. She's going to be a heat machine in weeks forthcoming as long as they don't overdo this. If they do this for like two or three weeks, I'm fine with it until it finally leads to her attacking. But I, I like the slow build, so to speak, in WWE terms. This is a slow build. Um, I like it, and I like that her her entire entrance lasts until she from when she comes out from the back until she gets into the ring. The narration never stops. It's that great. is just awesome. It's great. Uh, <laughs> like I, like I've said before, if she can get to Brie Bella levels in the ring, she's pure money. That's all I she asked, needs. I asked this earlier. Does she still train on the regular? Because when she wasn't on TV and was still quote unquote officially with NXT, she was still in California during the week. And it seems like a lot of her stuff is related to marketing pursuits outside of the WWE. So is she still in the gym training or is she more or less kind of a part-time performer with a different kind of contract that occasionally will go in the gym to brush up, but is mostly used as PR for WWE. I'm going to ask around about that. I'm, I've got somebody who uh, – somebody keeps somebody says, why does Sean keep insulting Brie Bella? I'm not insulting Brie Bella. <laughs> no, Brie he's Bella saying he, – She he, was not good in the ring. She was barely passable in the ring, and that's all that Eva Marie needs to be. 
she was serviceable, and that's all Eva Marie needs to be, especially against someone who can lead her around like a Becky Lynch or a, even, you know, a Natty down the line. But as long as she's in there with someone who is far better than her that can take care of her, I mean, Bailey did a fairly good job with her in NXT from all appearances on house shows around the country for NXT. So I, I agree with the assessment. It's, it's not a slight on Brie Bella. Brie Bella's not the workhorse of the two twins. Sure. No, not at all. Uh, I thought for sure Brie Bella was going to give somebody free surgery with that running knee into the, <laughs> into the ropes because uh, no thanks. If somebody asked me to take that, uh, I'll pass on the, the Brie Bella running knee lift, brother. I think I, I, I'm all good there. Renee Young and Carmella are at the SmackDown, at the Smack Live table, they call it. Natalia pops up, and this is the best heel work I've seen Natalia do because it was just her name dropping her family mm-hmm. and I, I like that because Natalia is not really a the type of person that you would dislike but nobody likes that person who just like name drops and name drops and name drops and I think she should do that all the time she should say oh well my uncle the British Bulldog said what? this well, the thing is, all her face promos were name dropping her family too, because that's all they'd ever let her do. So this is they actually they let her fart. <laughs> they let her fart. God, don't ever remind me of that gimmick again. But I mean, in promos, like when she was sitting out, when she'd sit out there and talk on the microphone while watching a match, it'd be like, "Yes, you know, I was a heart, and Brett, my uncle Brett, and blah 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 blah." It was just like. No personality, just all she was was her last name. At least now they're doing something with it and, and making it feed her bitchiness, so to speak. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Carmella's dead in the water, though, if, if her gimmick is basically Enzo ripoff who moonwalks poorly. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they want no connection between Enzo Cass and Carmella. Do you think yeah. that Carmella will name drop Paul Von Dale? I think JBL will name drop Paul Vandale. I don't yeah, think she, I don't think Carmella will. I hope that eventually uh, Natalia name drops Teddy Hart and Carmella just goes, who? No, I want her to name drop Bruce Hart. Oh, man. Oh, and th- that's where you get the who because that would piss him off so bad. And really, anything that pisses Bruce Hart off is a little bit of fun. Guys, if you all haven't, uh, check out Fightful.com. I know a lot of you watch this on YouTube. It always helps us a little bit more when you watch it on our podcast page. Also, these are available in audio now, direct download, as well as an RSS feed. They are coming to iTunes and Stitcher um, very soon. If you keep asking me when they're coming to iTunes, I will probably break into your home and rearrange everything in your home. I won't steal anything. I'll just rearrange things to make you really confused, and then I'll leave, and you won't understand what's going on until you happen to hear this podcast and you say, damn it, Sean did it. I should have paid attention to him. Well, my place is a mess. You can come by and rearrange all the stuff and probably end up clean. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, guys, we have discussed, discuss, whatever, whatever you want to call it. We have those comment boards. Now our forums are up as well. Just started just getting used to them. Uh, Those are for members only. I know some of you have had trouble uh, registering. That will be fixed probably this week, I would imagine. But uh, we're going to have a lot of members-only features. We had uh, an exclusive report from Brandon Howard today about uh, house show attendance versus uh, versus overall attendance. 
We have him exclusively now. Very happy uh, to have him. Vince yes. Russo's written Raw review up there as well. We have some exclusive information about some of the new rules that were passed for MMA. Me and Showdown Joe will be talking about that at length tomorrow, but Jeff and I will also speak about them later. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming. Go to Fightful.com. Support the page. Uh, we'll have a new Wikipedia, true or false, up this week as well, exclusively at uh, Fightful.com. On our uh, Monday Night Raw viewing party, we had over like 700 comments. Not too bad for a site that has only not even existed for a month, and we haven't even started the marketing yet, guys. Lots of cool stuff coming to Fightful.com. We have a lot of workhorses there. And we're very fortunate to have good old Jeff Hawkins – and Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes appearing on our podcast. Jeff, tell us a little bit about Shake Them Ropes. Well, this week we'll be going over the WWE. We'll ha- I think we have a guest this week. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but uh, I want to I take my time to put over your new acquisition, Brandon Howard. Uh, if you like the nuts and bolts of the wrestling industry, if you like analytics and things of that nature, numbers, graphs, pie charts, things like that, Brandon is one of the foremost people, one of two, because I'm friends with both, so I'm not going to name drop the other, but he knows I love him too. But Brandon does phenomenal work, and you have a great acquisition in him over at Fightful. Yeah, that was a guy in particular my boss wanted to get, and of course I advocated because he does work unlike anybody else in pro wrestling. And I think that's what we need to do at Fightful. We need to, in order to get people, you know, people have been going to the same wrestling sites for 10, 15 years in some cases. So we have to do things a little bit differently in order to give them different kinds of content. And I think Brandon uh, can do that. Well, but, as, uh, opposed, yeah, as, as opposed to other, other sites and stuff, I mean, no one really does that much in analytics uh, to, to the extent that, that Brandon does. I mean, it's mostly just tertiary analysis after reading numbers brandon goes really deep into things and sources things quite well so uh yeah it's a different take on it and it's uh it's free for right now at fightful online it's free (laughs) for good at (laughs) fightful.com our registration doesn't cost a damn dime no credit card none of that bs you don't have to go get a green dot to sign up for our stuff oh no my friends either way smackdown continued american alpha debuted against the vaude villains not the type of reaction i would have liked for american alpha but this does show you and it should show everybody not everybody knows who these nxt guys are exactly the the completists are a small percentage of the wwe network and the just the general wwe viewing audience not everybody who watches raw and smackdown gets the network that reaction I was a little worried about it at first because it was more quiet than I expected. Now they saw you had all the fans of them in the front row kind of sweetening such things with like the ready, willing and Gable signs Um, might've been a mistake just for a, a general SmackDown to, to debut them here as opposed to one of those hardcore crowds, like they did Enzo and cast so that the audience knows what to do after watching them. But I think those two are so talented that eventually the audience is going to catch on. There's not going to be many worries about a learning curve there. I Well, by the end of this match, I thought they did a really good job. That double clothesline that, that Chad Gable pulled off, um, I thought was really, really you – know, and I don't, I don't know that I've seen him do that a lot. I, no, maybe I, I'm missing – 
That was new to me. Yeah. yeah. And it was something simple just that he didn't do, but it looked amazing. And I have no doubts that these guys are going to get over, uh, probably in, in very quick fashion as well. Uh, they beat the VOD villains. By the, end, by the end of this match, the crowd was into them. So that's promising. The, this will be the tag team of SmackDown. These are the guys, Jeff. Oh, yeah, and, and they're doing it slow. I mean, once they get into a feud with, say, the Usos or something, some team of that caliber, then they'll be able to show their stuff off. Right now, this is just an introduction. They squashed the VOD villains who can be squashed. And, uh, and you know, they didn't, they didn't dominate them. It wasn't a complete, you know, butt-kicking. But at the same time, I thought they looked good for themselves. They introduced themselves as crowd-cheering fan favorites. And, uh, and they got a couple of their signs on TV so people know what their catchphrases are. I agree. I completely agree. Um, up next, we had AJ Styles, John Cena, face-to-face. AJ Styles, to put it short, said that John Cena didn't belong in the ring with him and asked why he was there. And what, what ensued was one of my favorite John Cena promos I have ever seen, mm-hmm. one of the more passionate ones I have ever seen. John Cena took AJ Styles to the woodshed in this promo. He talked about how he loves the WWE how he loves uh, not taking days off, how AJ Styles is going to have tomorrow off, but John Cena will go to the late night, whatever the hell the show is, with Stephen Colbert in a SmackDown blue suit looking like an idiot. And he says that he loves it on the Today Show, the late night shows, the ESPY shows, all that stuff. When people look at him and ask, well, since you're going to the mainstream, when are you leaving the WWE? And one of his favorite things is when he gets to tell them never, just so he can see the look on their faces. This promo kicked ass, Jeff. What did you think of it? I liked this promo. I think you you may be fading AJ Styles' work here a bit because every time Cena was bringing this stuff up, it amped AJ Styles' anger more to the point where AJ's gimmick right now is that John Cena has all the stuff that AJ deserved all those years he was toiling in obscurity. And I liked the anger coming out of AJ in response, especially that part where Cena, Cena says the, uh, yeah, they even sing a song about me when I go to the crowd and he goes, let's go see And AJ's immediately in there with Cena sucks. I thought both these guys were great. I thought both of them brought it. I mean, John Cena has this kind of promo down pat. He can do this in his sleep where I love nothing more than the WWE. I do this every day for the fans. I work hard. But there was a special kind of passion in this one for this week. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. John Cena was fired up. Because you know there there are a lot of people who would take and he's been asked he's been asked at point blank if he saw going to SmackDown as a demotion and it was Booker T who kind of asked him that and John Cena was quick to point out on that draft show well you remember when it was called the B show when we were on it I don't want it to be that SmackDown has a lot of things going to its advantage John Cena is one of them the fact that they will not um be going up against football on Monday nights like Raw will be is another one. The fact that they are a two-hour show, that's another one. John Cena is, is, is very – he's always important to WWE, but to SmackDown in general. Um, how, how much do you think that his mainstream appeal will play into SmackDown and bring people there? Will it? Uh, I don't know if mainstream carryover appeal actually exists. In this day and age, I think people like John Cena. I think they like him as a personality. I don't 
think it, it, it'll bring a few. Don't get me wrong. It'll have some nominal effect. But I think those days of crossover stars, for the most part, because wrestling isn't, I mean, wrestling is popular, but it's not as popular as, say, the Monday Night Wars, so to speak. So you have to put it in perspective. I think John Cena sees SmackDown as an opportunity and mostly sees it as an opportunity to strengthen the company. And if he can do whatever he can to strengthen that brand and overall make the W, I think he honestly wants to leave the WWE better off than he found it. And and because that's just the kind of guy he is, as opposed to other stars who are more concerned with their personal legacies once they leave the company. I think John Cena wants to leave the company strong. So any kind of publicity he can get on the outside in any way he can use his looks and his Q rating as a soapbox to bring in new viewers, I think he's going to do it. And I think he's doing a tremendous job. He has that for lack of a better term, that bland, non-threatening morning show host demeanor where he can basically go on every show and fit in and know enough to be dangerous, yet not ever toe the line or say anything stupid. What did you make of AJ Styles in this? Did, did he come out looking less than in this promo? I know, I know that you said that maybe I was underselling him a little bit. No, he's, he's a, he's, this is the position he's in. He's the bratty heel. He's the smack. He's supposed to be underneath. You're supposed to hate him because you think he's not as good as John Cena, so to speak. That's how they've been building him the entire time. I I don't see him as lesser in this feud um, necessarily. I think he's doing, I think he's keeping his own on the mic, especially without having the goons behind him. He, he has a little bit more heavier lifting to do. Don't get me wrong. I maybe a little bit more hate in there and that can build in the next few weeks, but I thought he did fine here. I, I thought you saying he looked lesser than, or at least I think the term was John Cena took him to the woodshed. I may have taken that wrong on the show. He was supposed to take him to the woodshed, so to speak. But I mean, in terms of, in terms of the scene, I thought both guys played it well and, and both had equal time and both had kept their presence quite strong on the show. Speaking of keeping both guys present, strong, and equal time on the show, Randy Orton versus Fandango <laughs> happened next. <laughs> and and I'll say this, Fandango did not pin, get pinned. He did not submit. He did not get counted out. Instead, Brock Lesnar hit the ring, hit an F5 on Randy Orton, and he was swarmed by security. Yeah, somehow I don't think those security guys are going to be getting Brock out of the ring, despite pointing and going, come on, come on, Brock, come on, Brock. They should have just let Brock kill those geeks. The boys were out there. Dalton Castle's boys. Yeah. They didn't even try to fan anybody off. It was kind of horse shit, if you ask me. (laughs) You got to do that. You can't have the boys out there then not have them fan anybody. I don't care what promotion it is. Although now I want to see Brock in the jumpsuit of Dalton Castle with the boys. I want to see Brock versus the boys. Okay, I'll I'll take that too. He could have five both of them at the same time. Wait, does that mean the boys aren't signed to ROH? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. 
and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No, they're not. They don't do like – I don't think they do like the live events. They just do the televisions. But they they have like different boys at yeah. live events, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we had a couple at PWG when Dalton Castle was there. So I, I, don't, th- I don't think they flew out with them. I think they just got – I'll just say I've seen some of them, and it's like, man – you know, they, they, they hit the jackpot with having twins that look alike and are, are like tiny compared to Dalton Castle. Cause some of them, they're like disproportionate. Some of them are like taller than Dalton Castle and it looks kind of weird. I, I, now I want Heath Slayer to just take the gimmick. <laughs> Speaking of Heath Slater, he continues yes. to be awesome. God, yes. I love him. I, I don't love that he was associated with anything bringing back Jinder Mahal, but. Um, I, although I wish I, I wish I remember who said it on Twitter because I thought it was the best. Somebody had said, I don't care about gender Mahal one way or the other. I'm gender neutral. Jeez. Oh, what is the end game you think of this Heath Slater storyline? I hope there is none. I hope he does this forever. He's an entertaining just, guy. He's such an entertaining guy. Just back and forth. Never, never getting a roster spot. Do you think he appears like in Evolve at any point just to continue the gimmick? I hope he shows up at the NXT table. NXT, yeah. I hope he does that. I think that would be great. I think it's a good way to make people enjoy Heath Slater. I mean, I usually enjoy Heath Slater anyway, but... There's, he, a guy you, there's a guy you could put on a tag team to make it interesting in the SmackDown side. You could team Heath Slater with almost anybody, and he'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he's fine by himself doing this type of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, man, he's a good hand to have. Like, he's really oh, good on that game night on that game night show that he does. I think he's great on that. I wish it were a half hour show on the network. I think he's, he's excellent. He's great on that. He's great on up, up, down, down when he appears there with uh, Austin Creed and those guys. Uh, just immensely entertaining. And and there's nothing wrong with f- comedic flakes in wrestling. You always need one. You know, you, you have the Archibald Pecks of the world, the Toru Yanos of the world. We need the Heath Slaters of the world. Rhino speared him in Daniel Bryan's office after Daniel Bryan told him that he would get a shot at a contract next week against an opponent who is Rhino. Rhino's winning, unfortunately. <laughs> no, not unfortunately. I mean, I'm not big on Rhino. I will say this. I'll... I want to look back. I did the uh, YouTube views breakdown, and it's usually a pretty good gauge of who is at least interested in what segment on the show. It it doesn't really indicate anything as for ratings, Mm -hmm. but as it pertains to who is interested in what segments, last week's Raw and SmackDown. Now, keep in mind, SmackDown had been up for a day less, and it had seven segments that cracked a million views, while Raw had four. 
Um, virtually everything on SmackDown did a million, except for Becky Lynch and Natalia, which did 380,000. That is quite the leap. But Rhino was like in the top four, along with like a Battle Royal, which Battle Royals always do good too. But it's, it's weird the things you'll look at and you'll be like, okay, that's what people are interested in. That's what people are clicking on. Like the Braun Strowman squash match on Raw was number five out of 11, which it should have been number one because that was the most glorious jobber ever. But, um, yeah, were you, were you surprised that, that Rhino's return ranked above the Randy Orton segments? I think people are consuming SmackDown differently than Raw. I, I think there, you have a better chance of more people going on to the YouTube page and clicking on those links on Wednesday morning because they didn't watch live rather than Monday, which is typically, quote-unquote, wrestling night and has been for 21 years or even more to be honest, what Raw came on in 92, so almost 25 years. I think most people aren't investing the time to watch live two nights in a row and might be watching, say, from a cubicle or a, a home. And instead of watching it on DVR, just going through and saying, okay, what happened on the SmackDown show? That, that's why I think they're getting the uh, big numbers that the Raw ones are getting. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting take because, I mean, they people are going to consume these shows a little bit differently. Maybe they think that they don't have to watch SmackDown Live and they can catch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see, and we will be monitoring this. We're going to monitor all the shows on Fightful.com. I think we are going to be the only website as of now that does that, but every Wednesday I'll bring you the top-ranked segments of NXT, although they don't always put everything up there. Uh, the Cruiserweight Classic on Thursdays, the previous week's Impact, and we'll do that, uh, give you a little additional reading. As if the two or three dozen articles we put up a day isn't enough, you guys. <laughs> Just saying. How many other brand new websites do you all know that are putting up two to three dozen new articles a day? Hot damn, only at Fightful.com. And you know you know what? You know what helps me with that, Jeff? Hmm? <laughs> On it. Alpha brain. Alpha brain. It allows me to to work these 60, 70-hour weeks, Alpha Brain and Shroom Tech. I love it. Then when I got to get my sleep cycle right, when I got to stop messing, because I, I work until 3 or 4 in the morning. Let's be real. UFC and WWE do not like breaking news before like 10 or 11 because they want those West Coasters, those turdy West Coasters that, that screw up my sleep cycle. Yeah, Jeff. They want them to get the news, and they know that they don't have the the discipline to wake up at 5 and get their news. So they wait until like 11 or 12 to do it. So that's, you know, I wake up a little later than than usual. But Shroom Tech, Alpha Brain, New Mood, they really help me. They can help you too. Go to our podcast page, Fightful.com, click that podcast link, and click any of our podcasts, and you will see an on it link. Click that, order your stuff. If maybe you want some silky smooth skin. You can take that krill oil. I am as smooth as a whale, Jeff. Smooth as a whale because of that krill oil. Oh, that, that'll help when you find the smackdown. Have you ever uh, touched a whale? Yes. They're smooth, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are. They are. Was it Jonah or Jonas that got eaten by the whale? That was Jonah, and it was a giant fish. The whale fish. is one of those misinterpretations. As we've gone along. 
<laughs> you are useful way beyond your wrestling knowledge, Jeff. Look, I'm look, I'm the one West Coaster who won't throw off your sleep cycle because I yeah. have insane hours. So, <laughs> very true, very true. Um, <laughs> Carmella versus Natalia didn't happen. Natalia beat the living shit out of Carmella. There's really not much here that we haven't talked about earlier. They are hiding uh, the women. They're hiding the women, aren't they? Oh yeah, in some they sure way. Are. With that Until division, they, get, they need to. Yeah, well, I mean, the names that are being bandied about is being brought back. I'm not sure will necessarily help in this day and age. But I think Nikki. I think Nikki will help. Melina. Eh, she's better than some of the people they could have brought. Victoria. Um, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I think Victoria is a good hand. I think that she yeah. is decent in the ring. But I don't know how decent in the ring she is today. Because I see people that are like, bring karma in, bring karma in. I'm like, did you watch? Well, you probably didn't watch her TNA run. Her TNA run was sad. Yeah. It was really, really bad. She can't move anymore. And it's a shame. No, it's it's also a shame that Gail Kim can't come over and, and fight the Sashas and the Becky Lynches of the world. Because, I mean, both her runs were kind of hampered or ended <laughs> In odd ways. I mean, that second run, she just had no one to work with at that point. It's a shame it was... that Taryn Terrell got out of the business because she got pretty good for a little while. Yeah. Um, you know, they, who was that other Canadian girl they had? Taylor Wilde. I thought she had some promise. And then she retired at like, what, 25? Something like mm. that. But, um, yeah, they're hiding the women. Nikki Bella should be back fairly soon. She's going to be on SmackDown. They're not pulling a Del Rio page on John Cena. You better believe that. That's, that's, yeah. And uh, hopefully Emma, I don't know what her situation is. I know that she had back surgery. I know she was out indefinitely. I hope it's not a Tyson kid indefinitely because that would be, that'd be very unfortunate because Emma was really. Yeah, but you don't, you don't want her to rush back with the, with the back thing. Backs, backs are, backs connect everything. You, you, you know that I know that um, from personal experience. So. Dolph Ziggler versus Bray Wyatt. I thought this was a very fun match, a very good match, because I did not know who was going to win. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I love about pro wrestling. I had no clue who was going to win. Um, in the end, Dolph Ziggler did, and with the super kick. He's got that super kick over as a finish to a, a great level, and it probably should have been his finish from that Cena match on, but it wasn't. But either way, he's, he's established a super kick. What did you think about the decision to keep Dolph Ziggler in this spot? Absolutely loved it. I loved this match. I thought it was great. I thought it did everything it should have done. And I think the super kick as a finish helped protect his quote-unquote real finish, which I liked too. I mean, I liked I like when quote-unquote normal moves or transition moves or what have you are used as pinning attempts because that makes those important and keeps those in the arsenal. I mean, that's an old-school type of thing where – you know, you'd have a finisher, but you could pin a guy with something else in your arsenal and be seen as a well-rounded player as opposed to the WWE style, which is set up, you know, you have a, you have a signature move, you have a, tra- you have a transition move, and you have a finishing move. And they, you're, they you're do always it on occasion. They do it on occasion, like Big Cass will pin people with the big boot. But yes. I think they need to do it more. I agree. They need to have Baron Corbin win with that deep six. They need to have... Sami Zayn win with that that uh, blue thunder bomb. I think that Neville should probably win with something else and save the Red Arrow for you know big matches. I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, Seth Rollins needs to win with a Falcon Arrow. 
Yeah, it's kind of like how they did. Yeah, it's kind of like how they did with AJ, where they had the Styles Clash, but they also had the Calf Crusher, which which was very good. I think I think guy, smaller guys, especially like Neville, could use a submission move in his arsenal. I think that would really do him a great service. But yeah, no, I like that. Heck, for Seth, I'd br- I'd bring back the curb stopper. To be honest with you, just rename it. I would like if they did that. Like Sheamus brings back the uh, crucifix power bomb that he did. Just you know, one mm-hmm. night, just. And have them bring that up like he had to pull something out of his arsenal that he hadn't used in a while. Yeah. Uh, what? Who else has one? Rhino could do that second rope pile driver through a table to people. I'm sure they'd let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did this with Apollo Crews while he was down in NXT. They went from uh, the moonsault being his finisher to that spinning powerbomb. So, yep. I mean, well, you can do it with that, it. That, yeah. that, that moonsault was duty. Mm-hmm. What do you think Sheldon Benjamin's finish is going to be when he comes back? Because he had the T-bone. He had the pay dirt, which is now our truths move like that matters. He always had a really good super kick they would use on occasion. Mm-hmm. What do you think it'll be? Probably what his old move was. <laughs> the T-bone. The T-bone? T-bone? Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, li- I really like this. I thought that this whole show gave Dolph Ziggler some edge, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It really put him over because a clean win over to Bray Wyatt, and people are going to say, well, he's a book bad. Oh, he's always very – I don't care. A win, a clean win for Dolph Ziggler over Bray Wyatt <laughs> is big. It is big. What are you laughing at? I'm, I'm laughing at your fanboy impression. I know what you're laughing at. You just saw the scores of my recent Draft Beast game, and it is an embarrass- a laugh of embarrassment for my opponents because someone dared – how dare they even think? Well, I, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't say that because I want everybody to dare to think that they can take me on at DraftBeast.com because you're going to lose, guys. DraftBeast.com, soon to be the leader in fantasy sports, my friend. I keep, I keep nagging them. I'm like, I want some wrestling games. I want some MMA games. I want to really take all the money from these people. That are, that are listening to me. All these wonderful people that listen to me, I'm sorry. The reason I do this show is to get you all on draftbeast.com so I can take all of your money. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, draftbeast.com. That's where you can do it. Eric Rowan came out, beat up mm. Dolph Ziggler. So we have the Bray Wyatt, um, Eric Rowan connection. Personally, I think all the three active Wyatt family members benefited from this because Bray Wyatt gets to do – well, maybe not Bray Wyatt, actually. Um, but he does have a crony with him. Eric Rowan is at best a crony or a tag team partner to Luke Harper. And Braun Strowman gets to crush J-Brones every week for my enjoyment. Also, guys, I'm going to try to interview every jobber that Braun Strowman crushes. I'm going to try. Um, nice. Jeff, your, your thoughts on the, the Rowan – Wyatt affiliation. I understand the affiliation. I thought it was the wrong way to end this SmackDown. I think they should have ended it with the whole Dolph yelling at Dean thing and then save the Eric Rowan attack for maybe early or the beginning of next week's show. Um, I understand why they did it. I just think they needed to make Dolph look strong here at the end with that ending as opposed to now again, they've tipped their hand as to what next week is. Next week is going to be Rowan and Bray probably versus Dolph and 
and Dean, and then there's going to be miscommunication and one's going to hit the other. And of course that'll play the tensions up. I just think you, you're the whole point of this show was rebuilt from the beginning. If the end is in the beginning, you're rebuilding Dolph Ziggler. Let Dolph have that strong moment at the end as we fade to black. That's all. Completely agree. Um, if you're putting Ziggler over, let him put him over. Let him yeah. do it. Let him do it. Couple of news items. Uh, CM Punk documentary airing for Fox Sports One later this month. A hat gets one step closer to being eaten. Mm, num 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 num. <laughs> I hope that you all get a. You all have to have a hat sponsor in order. You all have to be at least thinking about that, right? I don't think it's really set in on him how bad of a mistake this bet was. I really don't. I think he's for, always thought that this is... Hold on, let, let's give some history before you go into this. Rob, our, our co-host on Monday, the host of Shake Them Ropes with, with Jeff on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. uh, said that if CM Punk were to ever fight in the UFC, he would eat a hat. It is a stickied tweet on his Twitter, at Shake yes. Them Ropes. Yes. And it's becoming a real possibility. Now, to his credit, a lot of UFC fights have fallen out. CM Punk has delayed this fight. But as you said, he didn't realize the extent of this bet or his, his daring words. Well, what has, what has happened is as CM Punk has acquired injuries in training, Rob has conversely gotten more chesty about his prediction yeah. and him being some sort of uh, you know, soothsayer about MMA and his prognostication abilities. So now he's just taunting it by buying hats and wearing different <laughs> hats on podcasts and whatnot. And he's like, I'm never going to have to eat one of these. La, 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 la. Not going to happen. So pride cometh before the fall, Rob McKay. You know, it's funny because my boss asked me after watching one of the shows, he goes, what's with all of Rob's hats? Because, <laughs> <So I had laughs> you know, this is – we're backed by basically, you know, some companies that are like million-dollar companies, multi-million-dollar companies. So our boss sees these hats. And I was like, oh, that's not even the extent of it. I watched a live show in which he wore two hats on top of one another. Uh, and then he got it, and he was like, yeah, it fits. Well, Rob and I are also bald men, so we don't have yeah. heads of hair to show off. So thus, we wear hats on the rig. I thought about wearing hats. Like, if I grow my hair out, I look like I'm going bald. I have the widow's peak type yeah. of thing, where I don't have a receding hairline, but my hair has always started back there. But I you, can't you pull got almost. Hats. You got almost the beginning of a faux hawk going there. Ah, well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, guys, check out the uncooked Raw reaction. I know a lot of you liked it when Alex Pawlowski was on the show on the post-pay-per-view, and you like his Raw reviews, which are unlike anybody else's. He does a Raw reaction as well, in addition to Vince Russo's Raw review on our site. Uh, some MMA news. Mm-hmm. We had some rule changes today. Have you, have you been able to read up on the rule changes, Jeff? I, I had heard about them. I heard New Jersey was against uh, the rule changes, but what, what, what passed and what didn't? Well, it was all grouped in together, so they couldn't vote on these rules individually. But like Randy Couture, okay. Jeremy Horn, John McCarthy pushed for these rules to be accepted as unified rules of MMA. Now, I have a story up on it under the exclusive section um, of our MMA section. Now, soon those will show up in our news section as well. Don't worry. But um, – yeah, this is this is a very big deal because it changes 
the downed what, opponent rule? What a downed opponent is. Previously, okay. you could put your hand down. If somebody had you in, say, a front face lock or a Muay Thai clinch, you could put your hand down on the mat and avoid a knee to the head or a kick to the head. That's no longer mm-hmm. the case. has to be both hands on the ground, which leaves you much more susceptible to a takedown. Um, it opens up a whole lot of things. Also, eye poke rules change. Yeah. You cannot advance at your opponent like this anymore, which is terrifying for me to yeah. even do with the camera. They have to now be straight you have up. To, you have to feel them out like this with your hands mm-hmm. outwards. This is punishable by a foul. We see this a lot. Anthony Rumble Johnson um, lost a fight to Kevin Burns years ago yes. because of an eye poke that rendered him unable to compete. He, I think he had to have surgery. And then he, they, they rendered that a TKO loss. That should have, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that shouldn't happen. That should have been a fact. Yeah, no, John, this, this isn't John Jones' repertoire is, is the eye poke. And same with also Chuck Liddell used to do it all the time when, when he was fighting. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it, with the finger, because of the way the gloves are and, the you know, having fingers poke through them, it, it's a natural thing to have your hands up and your, your fingers forward. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that takes to – veterans and and how they take to that having to change that in their training and having to learn that in their muscle memory after years of doing it differently um i'm a little surprised that the commission didn't bring up you know 10 to 6 elbows again because i still think that's going to be eventually a, a thing and, sure. and what what are, you, what are your feelings about soccer kicks to the head, I think they're bad, but they're completely legal to the body. I'm okay with that. I think that soccer okay. kicks to the body should be legal, and they are, uh, but to the head, they are illegal. Um, right. If you go back and watch John Jones's first ever pro fight, he, he has the worst color commentator ever, but the color commentator didn't even know that those soccer kicks were legal, but they are to the body. Um, I think that stomps to the body should be legal. I'm not sure as to the legality of that. But yeah, the, the eye poke thing, I mean, and Rumble Johnson is a guy who's fallen victim to that several times. He may have beaten Josh Koscheck if he weren't poked in the eye. Yeah. And if Josh well, and if Josh Koscheck hadn't faked being poked in the eye as well. But that that that's a big one. Another one is apparel for women. They can no longer wear the loose tank tops in which Reebok provides. They have to wear a rash guard or a sports bra, sports which bra? You know, they, yes. Uh, they're not allowed to wear singlets either. I don't think that's okay. I think they should be able to wear singlets if they want. I think anybody should be able to wear singlets if they want, if that's what they so choose. Um, I know there are some athletic commissions, at least on the amateur level, that allow men to wear rash guards, but they. But the reason nobody does is because if you use that rash guard, it can be used against you. It can be pulled right. over your head, hockey style. And you can have the shit beaten out of you. That's why nobody does it. Um, yeah, I was told by, you know, and this – Info is up exclusively on, on our website by a commission rep that they think the New Jersey thing is a little bit of a tit-for-tat thing because there are some there are some uh, commissions that are kind of splintering off, and there, there are more issues that meet the eye. But that not all of these commissions will necessarily uh, adopt these rules. They just voted on the idea that they were good ideas. Okay. And that state law, as long as it takes for some of the you know, state laws to take effect, it can take a long time for some of these rules to be enacted. Some will happen soon. Some won't happen as soon as the others. Um, also, damage has been removed from the scoring criteria. That word has been removed. 
mainly for political reasons. Uh, you know, they, they actually brought up WWE and NHL head injury, and they didn't want to use damage in that as part of the scoring criteria. Instead, it's impact. Also, mm. there is less of a focus on octagon control and aggression. Because as John McCarthy said, if you're going based on octagon control, then you're basically going on who's the best dancer, who has the best footwork, and that Paige Van Zant will never lose a fight because she's the best dancer in the UFC. Uh, so instead, the focus is put on effective grappling and striking. And if all of those are equal, then it's aggression and octagon control. The way that it was said was 98% effective grappling and striking, 2% octagon control and aggression. So you can forget octagon control and aggression. You can forget moving forward. If you're moving forward and you're getting beaten to a bloody pulp, sorry, bro, that's not the way it works. Jeff, your thoughts on these? You know what? I think you're going to get more boring fights because now the onus is not on people to engage. You can, you're going to, especially if you get counter punchers in there who backpedal and wait for aggression and that's their strategy. I think you're going to get a lot more boring fights with that part on it. Um, I, I like them taking damage out. I don't like them adding impact back in because I always thought damage is in, you know, it's such a subjective thing if, if a guy bleeds easier than someone else just because they got hit. I mean, Nick Diaz has scar tissue like Abdullah the Butcher, where if you just tap it, it starts to bleed out on you. And so that makes it look like he's he's taken a lot more damage than he actually possibly has just because he has all that scar tissue. So if that leads to just being based on punches thrown and punches landed, then that's a good thing. I still think they need to do something about the scoring of takedowns versus punches and having some sort of unified thing within that. But overall, I think these, with the exception of the apparel of which, you know, I can't speak on how easy it is to wear a sports bra at all. Um, You know, it's funny (laughs) that one of the selling points of this Reebok deal was that they were going to do this and really, really listen to the women and that there wouldn't be any wardrobe malfunctions. Meanwhile, there have been five or six by yes. my count since this happened. Now, keep in mind, I don't remember any before Reebok in the UFC. I don't remember one. I remember it almost happening to Ronda Rousey, but it didn't. Um, but you tell people that, oh, we're doing this. Reebok has not put in the effort that they should have put into this deal. Uh and, I mean, they were already in the, the poor graces of fans and many fighters anyway. But they've recently started to add some color to the uniforms, and there will be some changes. But they're going to have to come up with, you know, rash guards for these girls. I think they probably have some in, in development anyway or have some available. But Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Reebok deal anyways because I think it took a lot of personality out of the fighters, and I think that's part of the thing. I mean, you can't have – entrances anymore you know people wearing you know i always liked the individualized fighter t-shirts you know forrest griffin especially with the monkey was always a favorite of mine and i always loved guys like he i loved heath herring's entrance with the dusters and the cowboy hat i thought i thought that was always great so i mean i think it's taken away a little bit of something from the sport to take away the personality there so i've never been but i know some people really love the fight kits i am not one of them also, one of the reasons they eliminated the the loose-fitting shirts, the tank tops, is because your fingers and your thumbs and your toes 
get get, stuck in those. I hate grappling at class with somebody who's wearing basketball shorts because it's very loose fitting and it's a different type of fabric than MMA shorts. MMA shorts are a lot like, like swimming trunks. You're not going to get snagged on those. I've had uh, my ring finger uh, dislocated in one of those things because it gets caught up in there and it pulls and there's really no way to get it out. You, you go the opposite direction, but the clothing's pulling the other way. It's rough. Are, are, are you a gee guy or, or do you not? Really? Uh, hey, no, no, no gee. Okay. No gee. Okay. Catch wrestling background. Um, guys, visit Fightful.com. Me and Joe will be back tomorrow night. Showdown Joe, who is extremely extremely experienced uh in mma well connected mm-hmm. he's going to talk at length about um tyron woodley these rule changes <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit more about tyron woodley if you all didn't check out our post ufc 201 show go and do that as well a programming note our post ufc fight night show will happen i think sunday i'll be out of town saturday as will joe but we're going to preview the event tomorrow night as well As always, visit Fightful.com. We have new info all day, two to three dozen articles a day, tons of exclusives, uh, exclusive content every single day. Of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There is no reason why five to 6,000 people should be watching this show, and we only have 1,600 subscribers. What? What? I don't get it. Chef, before we go, plug Shake Them Ropes. Uh, you can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can find it on any of your great pod catchers, including Stitcher and Audio Boom. We'll be recording tomorrow, going over both Raw and SmackDown, kind of putting the peanut butter and chocolate of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup that we do on this show on, on Fightful. Rob does the Raw. I do the SmackDown. We'll bring it all together, and we'll also talk a little bit more about the Cruiserweight Classic that's going on. So that will drop sometime tomorrow afternoon. On Wednesday, just do a search for Shake Them Ropes. You can also find it on iTunes, which Fightful will soon be on, but not yet. But in the meantime, um, yeah, so look for that tomorrow. And as always, uh, I'll be here next Tuesday. Really enjoy Shake Them Ropes. Guys, also, of course, Fightful.com, DraftBeast.com. Go to our podcast page. Click that on it link. Support the show. I did I think 20 shows last month. We did over 100,000 downloads, listens, views, all that stuff. First month before we even marketed the thing, I was pretty happy with that, guys. Also, check out our new forums. It takes some getting used to. They're pretty bare right now, but go over there, register your account for free, and enjoy. Until tomorrow night with me and Showdown Joe, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.